0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 98, released on February 27th, 2013. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good friend and co-host, Scotty V. Hey, Scott. Uh,
1: Hello, hello. How is everyone? How are you, Steve? What's happening?
0: Doing well. Uh, It's been a a fairly, uh, what would I say, not necessarily quiet week, but it hasn't been one of the busier weeks this last week, even the month in, in total hasn't been necessarily crazy uh, since our last podcast, but there has been quite a bit going on around the place. What about yourself?
1: Well, it's been a super quick month. I feel like it just <laughs> started and it's over already.
0: Well, that's February for you. It kind of uh, comes and goes pretty quick, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's only two days or something, but uh, it seems like it's a lot shorter. But uh, hey,
0: And yeah, uh, sadly, don't. this year we don't have a February 29th, which is... Uh, the day that is usually celebrated as Superman's birthday, but
1: uh, I'm sure we'll mark the event some way anyway. Indeed. I'm sure I'll be punished somewhere for all eternity (laughs) for getting this wrong, but I took a Superman quiz online a few days ago, and I got two questions wrong, and one of the ones I got wrong was what day was traditionally celebrated as Superman's birthday, and I chose February 28th by mistake. Oh, Okay, mistake. We'll (laughs) We'll, well, forgive you. you. What was the other one? Well, thank you. Uh, The other one that I got wrong, uh, let me think about that and get back to you. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to remember, but maybe I put it out of my mind for good.
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to remember my mistakes either.
1: Oh, (laughs) well, not when it comes to Superman, for sure.
0: Okay, well, let's get into our discussion topics. Uh, What was the most interesting thing in movie news that uh, you saw this week?
1: Well, you know, I, I there's a few things going on in movies, uh, in the movie news. I, I really like to hear when when people are uh, really uh, happy about what they're doing, especially when it comes in terms of playing a superhero or playing one of our favorites. And every time I see uh, Henry Cavill, every time I uh, read some of his interviews or hear him speaking, it, to me, it seems heavily clear that uh, he's honored to be playing this role. He's excited to be playing this role. And uh, he feels uh, that it's a Big responsibility, and that he's, ha- ha, you know, proud that that's that they would uh, have ever considered him, and that he he got the role. And I, I it always, you know, I I, I hearken back to to uh, some of the things I'm I'm, I'm sure I heard about Toby Maguire, and and, and that uh, uh, you know that p- other people don't want to be typecast as these heroes, and and uh, I just like to hear when it's when it's good stuff and when it's positive.
2: Yeah, and Henry
1: Cavill said some of these things, I guess, in an interview in Total Film magazine, and, and in other places as well.
0: That's right. Uh, issue number uh, two hundred and four, two zero four, of Total Film magazine, the April two thousand and thirteen edition, uh, has uh, an exclusive interview with Henry Cavill. It also has a Man of Steel poster, the uh, Superman in handcuffs poster, uh, available in the magazine. If it's out now, if you're interested in purchasing it. Uh, Page 94 is the interview with Henry Cavill. And as you say, he says some really great things about being Superman. He says he loves wearing the the suit. Uh, He says you put it on every morning and you feel fantastic. I mean, you're wearing a Superman suit, for goodness sake. So, yeah, it's good to hear him say stuff like that.
1: I love to hear that. And I remember Brandon Routh said some of the same things. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I guess a lot of people... Uh, still look at him negatively and look at that film negatively, but uh, I, I feel like he, with Brandon as well, we had a guy who seemed honored to be playing the role and and, and obviously felt uh, is felt empowered just by putting the suit on, which which sounds to be what Cavill is saying as well.
0: Yeah, no, it's great to to hear. So, uh, Total Film magazine is one of I'm sure many interviews we'll see in magazines over the coming months. Uh, we did get to see some revelations uh, this past month at the New York Toy Fair for some of the toys, action figures, statues, figurines, things of that nature coming out for Man of Steel over the next few months, months, May. uh, We'll be seeing a lot of them coming out, and then obviously in June when the movie is released. uh, Lots of interesting toys, uh, thanks to Jamie Regal, who attended New York Toy Fair and uh, reported on all the events and took so many photos for the Superman homepage uh, of all the Superman toys that were revealed at New York Toy Fair, not just for Man of Steel, Uh, I think my hip pocket is going to be suffering uh, this year.
1: It seems like every 6 or 7 years or so uh Warner Brothers likes to try and make me poor. And uh that seems to be what is occurring. Uh you know, I'm looking at all these all these photos and all these toys and all these statues and everything that's related to the film. I mean even something just as simple as total film magazine or empire, you know, I don't buy these things on a normal basis, no. but I want to, you know, I'm I'm I want to get out there and collect these things and have these things and you know statues alone you know uh can can get to be very expensive mm-hmm. and uh then you look at some of the toys that i'm sure are going to be 12.99, 15.99, 8.99 and you add it all up and uh it comes to uh comes to quite a nice healthy chunk
0: definitely it's uh it's scary just i mean Mattel alone have got uh, so many action figures and toys and uh things that aren't necessarily going to be seen in the movie but they're branded for the movie um, all these types of vehicles and uh, different versions of the costumes. You know, one where Superman's totally red and with a blue cape instead of totally blue with a red cape, as we know he is. Um, all you know, Zod, uh, Feora, these Kryptonian uh, spaceships and, and pods and uh, all these different uh, crazy things that are out there coming out from uh, Mattel and, and other toy manufacturers. Uh, But uh, I think the more of the high, I I made the mistake of getting a lot of those for Superman Returns, a lot of the action figures and things, and they're not of the greatest quality and they take up so much room on your shelf. Uh, I think I'll be sticking towards the more of the high end figurines and statues. Some of the ones, especially the uh, Mattel Movie Master figurines, the DC collectible figurines and statues uh, look really impressive.
1: I agree with you, and I think that that's probably a good way to go. Uh, uh, I think that what I'm hoping for with this movie is that these these marketed toys, these uh, that are clearly marketed toward children, you know, you mm-hmm. you've got a slingshotting Superman yep. where you pull his arms back or whatever, oh. and I think it comes loaded in a gun, and uh, you, you know, you actually launch Superman through the sky, and he bends and he's all rubbery, and uh, clearly not something I personally, as as a uh, as an adult, need need to own. But I, what I'm hoping is that a lot of these things really um, bring Superman back to the kids again and and make him more of a more of a i hate to say batman more of a, a spider-man more where where kids are jumping around pretending that they're superman and wanting to play with these toys and i think um obviously that's the idea but i but they also tried to do that with superman returns and it didn't really take off and maybe i don't you know i don't think kids get into the whole idea of whether the movie was a good superman movie or not i i think that That for Superman Returns, it seemed to me that there was enough action and enough rescues and enough things going on there that... I could see children uh, being enamored with Superman again, but for some reason, uh, I guess Warner's gave up on it. They were unhappy with the way it performed, and and suddenly, uh, what had gone on for a short time with trying to sell kids Superman items went away really quick. So, mm. with all of this, it seems like there's a lot more, and and it seems like they're they're uh, they're really laying a lot on this, which which is which is pretty understandable with uh, the the I guess quote unquote failures that they've had in the past, mm-hmm. that they expect this to be a success. And obviously hope it is, and I, I hope so too. And I hope these toys um, really get kids going again with wanting to to be Superman and play with Superman toys and, and wear Superman clothing and you know costumes and all the other things that are coming out. I do find it interesting that um, I pointed it out to uh, my wife the other day that some of the action figures that are not much different than some of the other action figures – say adult collectible on them and i think that this is i think this is a new thing that has only been coming out recently not that it's just with superman but um that um the the whole idea that everybody knows that a lot of adult fanboys collect these action figures anyway but now they're branding them specifically adult collector and probably will be more expensive um, it's just i find i find that to be uh kind of cute
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny it's uh it kind of reminds me of uh the big bang theory and you know those guys uh mm. getting action figures and even making action figures of themselves and you know that uh, differentiating differentiating between what's playable and what's you know displayable i guess uh interesting concept for you know action figures to be uh adult collectibles but uh yeah you're right it's it's uh, that's where they you know they understand there's a market there and that there is uh, um, you know, some dollars there to be made from those fans. So uh, it makes sense to brand certain toys to adult uh, collectors. And um, yeah, so I think it's just smart marketing. But uh, yeah, it's interesting what kind of toys that we will be seeing for this movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and another um, interesting uh, little piece of information that came out about the film is that we've got a pretty decent runtime. Uh, from what i'm understanding mm-hmm. um, 148 minutes is is the, is the is what we're hearing i guess now i don't know if it's still a rumor or, or if it's definite but uh i would i've said before i would watch a 78 hour superman movie <laughs> if, it was, if it was good uh, you know it doesn't even have to be superman i would watch a uh, the 48 hour avengers movie i mean if if it's good it's uh i want as many as i can get and as much as uh, i can get and if it's quality and exciting i mean i think I think it's perfect. Uh, over two two hours, I mean, it's, it's yeah.
0: uh, two hours twenty eight minutes. We haven't had it confirmed from Warner Brothers as yet. They've said uh, no comment was uh, the reply that I got, so whoop. they didn't deny it, but they didn't confirm it. Um, now to compare that to other Superman movies, the theatrical release of Superman the movie ran one hundred and forty three minutes, so that's five minutes less than Man of Steel. The rumored time for Man of Steel, uh, Superman Returns. Uh, Ran for 154 minutes, which is uh, what's that? uh, Six minutes longer than Man of Steel. So that is pretty much on the on the ball as far as Superman movies are concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think uh, if you look at recent superhero movies in general. um, most of them are going over two hours and and I don't Mm -hmm. think that that's all that unusual uh, as far as I've heard some people say it's too long. uh, And and of course, a lot of times studios really try to get films under two hours because they feel like the attention span of a general movie goer is, Mm -hmm. is not that long and that people get antsy and and that they want to keep people's attention. But I think that if you can keep the film action and story packed and character driven and, and you've got a lot to show and that it's all, quality and well done and well told that uh, two and a half hours is not necessarily asking the audience to buy too much and spend too much time.
0: No, exactly. I think it's uh, right on the money as far as the Superman movie is concerned or any movie. Uh, I like to be, you know, two hours and a bit. Three hours is getting too long, but um, as long as it keeps your attention, then uh, I'm with you. I'd watch a 78-hour Superman <laughs> movie. i need a few toilet breaks in between there and food well, breaks. Sure. But. Uh, yeah.
1: They could bring those guys up on this let's all go to the snack bar, let's all go to it could be a dancing soda can with a with a Superman symbol on it and it'd just be it'd be fantastic.
2: Uh
0: it would. But uh yeah, hundred and forty-eight minutes, two hours twenty-eight minutes. Uh looking forward to it if that is uh indeed the time for the movie. Now don't forget Superman the the movie and Superman Returns both had very long uh title sequences for mm. the credits in the beginning. Uh, you know, which is like a good six minutes or something. It feels like.
1: Yeah. Well, so. you, you know, um, and, and that has always been kind of traditionally really cool. And you're hearing the John Williams theme yeah. and. And they have the cool credits flying out at you. And I'm actually kind of wondering where they're going to go with that. And, and I, I have a feeling, based on what we have seen um, in the modern age of superhero movies, that that's not going to be the case. We may very well um, get slammed right in the face with something right off the bat. A title will come up and, and the story will continue. I mean, yeah. I'm guessing that they're not going to do a seven or eight minute title sequence. No. With just That was also kind of a style that was done um, in in older movies back back in the day there would be a whole long uh time where where everyone's names would come up and yeah. and there was a lot of there was a lot of kind of um grandiose uh, build up to everybody that was in the film and uh that's kind of uh, you could see it on television too yeah. you know um most of the time you can't even watch a show now and and see credits they go by quickly right. as another advertisement for something else is going um after the show and uh I think that not to say that we should we should ignore everybody that worked on the film but uh I think that the that keeping it at the end and and kind of um uh, getting right into the film is is a good idea not to say that that's what they're doing but i'm, I'm I have a I, I suspect they might be
0: yeah it uh, seems to be the trend these days all right uh well. We have that 148-minute time uh, run for the film and supposedly that might have been leaked out due to the fact that we're hearing that Warner Brothers executives and uh, some of their family members received a private screening of uh, what the movie is at this point in time and I imagine editing is pretty close to being complete. Uh, There's probably just a few touches of special effects and things that they might need to still... Uh, finish up, but uh, if the movie is indeed uh, complete in a in a certain cut, then WB executives seem to have been treated to a screening of the film and were, from all reports, absolutely thrilled with what they saw.
1: This is a fantastic thing to hear, although I guess you could play devil's advocate and say, what are they going to say? Uh, are they going to come out and say, well, it stinks? I mean that would be kind of silly. So uh we I don't know that I I don't know that I personally can put a lot of stock in um WB employees and people who are involved with the movie and with marketing the movie and with you know making us want to go see the movie um coming out and saying they loved it although they I guess they could be more quiet about mm. it if it wasn't as good as they had hoped but uh it, I mean it sounds positive and and that's good. I uh, would hope that the movie studio involved with putting the movie together would be happy with what they are seeing thus far.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there have been times when I've heard of, you know, uh, uh, preview screenings where people have come out and gone, oh, you know, I don't know about this. They're, you know, not necessarily glowing reports. They're not necessarily negative, but they're not uh, as, uh, you know, thrilled with the movie. They're, you know, it's serviceable or there might be a few issues here. And then, you know, there have been times when movies have uh, gone through a preview screening and have needed to have an alternate ending shot because you know the people who did see it weren't happy or weren't impressed and uh, but i think those
1: are a lot of times i think those are test audiences uh, of just normal movie people mm-hmm. not necessarily the people who are um involved with making a specific film i mean these people want us to go see it they want it to make money they want it to be successful so yeah. it would be kind of uh, counterproductive for anybody from WB to come out and say, uh, you know, they'll say it later, as they did with Brian Singer. Um, <laughs> later on, you know, I, as far as I recall, nobody came out before Supervent Returns came out and, and said, this is going to be a horrible film, um, as far as people who were involved with the making of it. But, mm. uh, but afterwards, suddenly, there's a lot of people to blame, and, and none of them are the people who uh, were behind the making of the movie, but but just the people that were most intimately involved with actually putting it together. Mm-hmm. And somehow, you know, th- you know, and hopefully that doesn't happen with Man of Steel. But as I say, I don't I don't think in advance of the movie anyone's going to come out and say uh, that it's no good. That at least the people who are from the WB, we True. may hear test screening audiences later on that also say it's fantastic. And from that point of view, I will be more. Um, impressed, simply because those will be not people that have nothing to gain or lose from from whether or not they tell us in advance that it's good.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I uh, agree with you there. Uh, okay, moving on, the only other Man of Steel news uh, that happened, well not really news, but something interesting on a personal level was I met Russell Crowe.
1: Hey, I see that here in my notes, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, and I'm, I'm also um, happy that uh, I didn't have the opportunity for a phone to be launched at my head. Wait a minute. <laughs> did I say that out loud? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, Russell uh, was very, very nice. I uh, met him at a uh, rugby league game, a football game uh, for a sport here in Australia where uh, the team that I support happens to be the team that Russell also supports and is a co-owner of. Uh, called the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and uh, it was a trial match, just a friendly uh, game uh, pre-season. And uh, Russell was there as he usually is at all of the games that he can attend while in Australia, and uh, came out amongst the crowd. Was happy to sign autographs and take photos with fans, and um, I uh, made my way into the, the the throng of people that were surrounding him, and uh, he was happy to to take a photo and. Uh, and I even passed him my business card, my Superman homepage business card, and and uh, let him know that uh, you know if it was possible, we would love to interview him about Man of Steel. And uh, you know he was pretty uh, he was interested. He took the card, put it in his back pocket, and said, "Look, you know they're pretty tight, Warner Brothers, about uh, who they do and don't allow to have you know interviews. But uh, he'll see what he could do." And uh, I left it with him
1: that is that is fantastic did you uh did I miss this or did you not put this up or no uh, I put or... it up on the website uh no, I somehow awesome. i missed this one this is uh <laughs> i'm I'm teary here my eyes are my eyes are wet i'm i'm verklempt.
0: no it's, it's very... uh, put, up the, put up the photo on the website with a a brief summary of what i just said uh you must have missed it on that day. But, i yeah uh,
1: i mean I've met a few um quote-unquote celebrities uh, through the years. You know, I I lived uh, right around New York City for a while, and I was going in and out of the city either working or trying to get to an audition or meeting someone or hoping that something would happen for me. And I'm not really one that's uh, starstruck. So my excitement here isn't really because – Oh my god, Russell Crowe, uh I need to meet him. Uh it's more, you know, more more on a personal level, more in that uh um uh, he seems like a down-to-earth guy and he likes what you like and 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 he has that Superman connection. Yeah. Um I haven't heard much from him in terms of how excited he is to play this role as far as where Henry Cavill and Brandon Routh felt honored and, you know, but um uh, obviously when you meet someone that's more connected to your level, as far as what you're interested in and what you're doing, it it, it holds more weight. But mm. uh, that's a very that's very cool. Did you know in advance um, uh, years ago or whatever? You know, I've been I've been seeing your Facebook feed and, and things for years about uh, the rabbit hose and 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 how uh, you go, oh great game. Whether you're annoyed or whether you really <laughs> think it's a great game or whether they lost or won. Did you know during that whole time that he was a, a co-owner?
0: Oh yes, I knew that uh, he's always been very. Um uh, vocal and uh, in the media about his support of the team even before he bought the team a few years ago now uh, so he's always been uh, a you know, very public figure about being a Rabideau supporter was always wearing Rabideau's gear when he was being interviewed in, in Hollywood or on the Walk of Fame or whatever it might be he'd uh, he'd even introduce other Hollywood stars uh, and you know, he gave Oprah a Rabideau's cap and she wore that when she came to Australia um, all different, uh, you know, type of people. I've even seen Christian Bale wearing uh, a Rabideau's, uh i think it was a cap or a jacket—when he was uh, caught uh, walking in the streets of Hollywood uh, during the Batman craze. So uh, Russell's very good about getting the the Rabideau's symbol out there and uh, the the logo out there, and uh, you know, getting the brand name amongst the uh, the elite of uh, of the Hollywood world uh, to uh, publicize the the team and his love for the team and um, so when he was cast as Jarell, it was great for me because I thought, well, here we go—he's just another connection, um, you know, between uh, what I, you know, the, the the two loves of my life. Uh, you know, I'm a big uh, rabbitoh supporter, and I'm obviously a big, huge Superman fan.
1: That is very cool. Congratulations on yeah. that. I think that that's a really uh, kind of a neat thing. I wonder how cool it would be and if fans like yourself would be willing to accept it if if after the huge success that Man of Steel is sure to be, if the Rabbitohs do change their name to like the Kryptonians
0: or something. <laughs> uh, I don't see that happening. But the, the club's been around for over 100 years, so uh, it's uh, a <laughs> good one. But uh, we actually... Sure. Uh, We actually have a guy in the team who's a big Superman fan and has a Superman tattoo on his chest, and uh, so uh, I've spoken to him a few times. And uh, yeah, it's just great to have connections between certain things that you like, and uh, the fact that I'm an Australian, that I'm a Rabido supporter, and that I'm a Superman website guy. uh, Hopefully, that uh, you know piques Russell's interest in uh, in you know accepting an interview down the track.
1: I hope so. That would be so cool.
0: Okay, well, let's move away from Man of Steel and uh, look at let's some do. of the other stuff going on around the movies. Uh, Superman Unbound is the Unbound. animated movie that we're looking forward to. It comes out on May 7th, we've now been told, and uh interested to see what this Brainiac story is like, how it translates to an animated film. Uh, it should be, should be interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it as I look forward to every uh, animated release, really. And and of course, specifically Superman ones. But um, it's another one where it's weird. You know, um, the animation seems odd to me. It seems like Mm -hmm. it's another kind of weird take on the look uh, of the animation. And I'm, I'm Again, a little bit taken aback by by what it looks like. Uh, although I loved uh, loved the Elite, thought it was fantastic. Uh, I was kind of like, w- why did they go with this style of animation? Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for me personally. And, and since they take uh, their time with releasing these, and they could release an un- Unbound, and then uh, six months later they could release an Elite. And you know, um, in the meantime, why not work on one that really has. Um, know, really realistic looking, um, animation or, or really, as opposed to, um, some of these that look more anime or look more cartoony, like, like, like the elite or this one, I'm not even sure how to describe it, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe more like, uh, some of the, some of the ultra realistic comic book artists, you know, I'm really happy with, uh, with, uh, with Roquefort, Ken Roquefort on the Superman title, so, something like that. And I know in a book, where where it's only twenty pages now or whatever it is it's it's and, and you don't actually have to do fluid animation they're not moving around um, it's probably a little different and I'm sure it's harder and I'm not in animation so I'm not really critiquing in terms of what you're doing just that I'm wondering and I've kind of been waiting for that kind of a an animated um, superhero movie for for quite some time but uh, but um, I, as far as the story goes I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Superman Unbound.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of fans, uh, myself included, who are disappointed that they didn't decide to do what they've done in other animated films and mimic the style of the artist who created the original story, in this case being Gary Frank, who had a very Christopher Reeve-style look to, the man, to Superman, and the, the other characters looked very much like their counterparts in the Richard Donner films. I uh, would have liked to have seen them mimic that style for Superman Unbound Um, Maybe it's not a realistic possibility, Uh, I don't know, but um, it's disappointing that they haven't at least tried to, uh, to go with the same feel from the comic book.
1: Well, I thought the same thing with Superman versus the Elite. You know, mm-hmm. some of those some of those panels where uh, he's kind of beaten up and his and his uh, his costume is all torn, but he's ripped. He has really big muscles and mm-hmm. he's imposing looking. And, and And Manchester Blacks in front of him, and he looks like a a guy. You know, not like this weird kind of strange shaped. I don't even know his his, his features, his neck, his head. Um, that's just what they decided to go with, and I'm mm. sure it's easier to draw in moving animation, just like a lot of these uh, films don't have the yellow uh, yellow uh, shield on the back of the cape, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw in Unbound.
0: It may be. I, I have to look closer. I think we've only really seen one or two images from Unbound at this point in time. Uh, well, there's a trailer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're correct. Yes, uh, there is a trailer, of course. I uh, have to look closer to see if there is the. S I think on. it was. It was
1: either that or it was something else that I was watching. Um, that was a, a movie, and I don't think it was the elite. I don't think it's on there and there. But uh, I saw it somewhere, and I, I remember being happy that it was there. Maybe it was one of the fan made ones, and I'm, I'm and I've seen some on those too. And I go, well, if they can do it, and they're doing a fan made, uh, barely financed film, and it's only five minutes long or whatever, um, well, why can't uh, you know? Uh, professionals do it who are doing it and making money on it and, and clearly successful enough to continue making more films. So it seems like um, when I hear it's hard to draw on there or whatever, it just seems like kind of a kind of a cop out. We just don't want to do it. It's, I'm lazy. I understand. I mean I'm one of the <laughs> laziest people I know. So um, to do that meticulously on every single – ripple in every single time the cape blows in the wind to have to change the look of it and and you could even tell when you watch uh shows like uh, Justice League Unlimited or or, or uh, the Superman animated series that uh even the S on the front of his uh, costume uh changes shape and looks different and, and under various uh, lighting situations uh depending on the way he's standing if he bends over uh, they do I understand it is they do have a hard time even in the books it changes from panel to panel a lot of the time
0: yeah, no, and I'm looking at the Unbound trailer now, and you're correct. It does indeed have the yellow S on the back of the cape. So uh, that is uh, good news for people who like it there, I guess.
1: It's a day of rejoicing indeed.
0: Now, the Superman Unbound Blu-ray uh, also has quite a bit of uh, bonus material on it, and we'll get a sneak peek at the next animated uh, DC Universe movie, and that is Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox, which is based on the whole Flashpoint uh, saga that uh, led into the New 52 continuity.
1: This is a very interesting choice, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the story as I was reading it, and, and, and part of that, I think, comes down to uh, kind of looking forward in anticipation of what was going to happen when all the lines were launched again with issue one. So looking back at the story now, uh, I, it, it's the story itself, isn't particularly incredible. I mean, it's kind of an interesting, cool time thing, but it's not really all that related to what's going on in the new 52. Now, at least from what we've seen so far, there doesn't seem to be an actual connection. It was just kind of something they did to kind of stem the gap as they were changing things over. So, and, and since most, Regular store goers, who, you know, from what we've heard, a lot of these people on the red carpets, and we when we go to these premieres and things, talk about how um, we're doing this and we're successful at this because we can market these, you know, in in register checkout lines and uh, you know in the bins right near the exit and right near the entrance, and we can catch parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and people that are coming in with kids that go, oh look at this, I want this, or oh look at this, Johnny would like this and And people just buy it kind of on impulse and don't have to really be tied into what's uh going on so I'm sure that that will work to a certain extent with the flashpoint uh movie as well but it, it seems strange because all the heroes look different it's a, it's a kind of a weird um there's a weird uh Batman there's a you know um nothing is it's it, it, that there's nothing there that a um a general movie person or a general a person who might like a superhero story is going to necessarily be attracted to so it's it seems like an odd it almost seems like there's there's a very small portion of the population that is even familiar with this story having existed
0: yeah it's uh it's an interesting choice definitely so um uh interested to see more material and more detail about that animated movie as it gets closer, we don't know when that will be released. There hasn't been an actual release date announced as yet. Obviously, Superman Unbound uh, is our priority at this point in time. Uh, the Blu-ray will also have featurettes on a Kandor uh, called candor uh, History of the Bottle City, which I think will be interesting, and another featurette on Brainiac called Brainiac Technology and Terror. So I, I like those featurettes. I think they are uh, they're usually well produced.
1: Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. And speaking of Brainiac, of course, everybody's favorite uh, Superman animated film that came out a few <laughs> years ago is going to finally, finally, we've all been waiting. We've been, we've been dying. We've been chomping at the bit, drooling at the mouth. Uh, Brainiac Attacks will finally be released on Blu-ray.
0: Odd choice. Odd choice indeed. Uh, 2006 animated film, which kind of was the precursor to these DC Universe animated movies that we're now uh, you know, come to to love. Uh, Superman Brainiac Attacks was almost like a, a a bridging between the Superman the animated series and these new animated movies that they've been releasing of late over the last couple of years. Uh, but it, it kind of fell in the gap between them and was a, a poor choice. The I don't think the casting choices were were well um, selected. Uh, if anything, I, I was. I'm really surprised that this is being released to Blu-ray and they're making such a big deal of it.
1: It's yeah, it's 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 odd, especially since we know, you know, as as not that we're experts, but as people that you know have a general idea of what Blu-ray and high definition is all about. That this film wasn't made on Blu-ray and it's an animated film and and it pretty much looks as good as it's going to look. And maybe it'll be a little brighter on Blu-ray. I guess maybe they'll include some featurettes or behind the scenes stuff that wasn't there before but um the the i actually enjoyed it when i watched it but it's definitely much more geared toward children even than the superman animated series was i thought that that was a pretty serious good you know good kids could watch it too but Mm. um and then you come to superman brainiac attacks and it's supposed to be the same people and it's supposed to be kind of a continuation of that story and that cast, and but there are some replacements, and it kind of got, they, they made it silly, and you know, Luthor is I kind did. of goofy, and um, so it was an interesting uh, way to go with it, and very, very, um, I mean, I guess with with uh just like with superman returns you know when they started releasing the combination packs of movies that came before and you know superboy came out and they were trying to get everything superman on the market that they could as all movies do um to try and uh you know monopolize the profits that they can make off the Mm -hmm. one movie by you know getting everybody interested in other superman things so I'm, i'm sure that um anything they can get out um, that, that is connected to Superman that, that they think might sell based on Man of Steel being popular and, and people being excited about it I guess that's that's their thought there
0: Yeah, and I guess this is probably the only thing that hasn't been released on Blu-ray at this point in time <laughs> as you said back in 2006-2007 uh, they were really bringing out every incarnation of uh, other Superman properties uh, to Blu-ray and DVD that had been on TV previously so uh, I'd still like to see uh, more of the... I think there's more Super Friends. I'd like to see the Superboy parts of the New Adventures of Superman 1966 cartoons be released. Um, so, yeah, there are a few other properties, I think, that they could also uh, bring out to DVD, and they may do so as uh, Man of Steel hits our screens. I hope that they do. OK, well, let's go into TV talk and talk about Young Justice. Uh, there's been, a, I think, about four episodes since we last recorded and uh the first one of those was called Runaways it was uh, season 2 episode 14 and it's the one where uh these the youth uh that you know we saw the reach having kidnapped and uh they got they got powers they're at Star Labs they're being tested their powers being you know to see how far uh how powerful they are they decide to to get out of Star Labs and s- stretch their legs to an to an extent and, um, yeah, it's a bit of havoc is, uh, is wrought across.
1: Ha- havoc indeed. You know, I was, um, so angry, so upset, so hurt, so uh, devastated by, uh, this whole Young Justice, uh, kind of travesty that's going on with the C, uh, with the Cartoon Network and, uh, and that it's going off the air that I have actually collected the episodes and not watched any for <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks. I just kind of, I couldn't. I was just like, I was disgusted, even though I loved the show. Um, And I I finally went back and I kind of watched them all in a, uh, in a marathon of sorts. Mm And uh, I'm reminded again, um, this has happened to me with other shows in the past, I kind of go, it was okay, or whatever. And and, and I get away from it for a while. And when I get back to it, I'm like, why did I stay away from this for so long? Um, I guess I'm kind of like trying to drag it out, knowing that you know, it's it's going to be over, and, mm. and just kind of uh, I don't know. But uh, again, I'm I'm reminded of of just the, uh, the 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 clear thought and planning that goes into these shows and and things that they've been putting together over. Over months and weeks and and, uh, they get back to things and they always have little hints of things that are going to be coming later and and, uh, the other thing that this show uh, continues to do and and I I spoke with someone um, recently who wrote and said that uh, he didn't like the show at first. He didn't like the idea. I felt the same way myself the idea that uh, it was another show about sidekicks another yeah. show about young um heroes that were kind of going to take the spotlight even though there's a whole justice league and there's all these big heroes that mm-hmm. that well, who knows where they are or what they're doing all the time but um I, I i was never really that interested in that concept either and i've said that before and uh this person um i can't i should have written his name down right now but Wrote in saying that uh, he he gave it another try because of our praising of it and uh, and and loves it now and, and I I feel the same way. It's like there's so many characters I I've never even heard of. Like they brought in the uh uh you know um the, the what is wild storm characters and things mm-hmm. that I'm not even that familiar with yeah. at all. And I find myself with the characterizations and the the stories that these characters are put into uh, really drawn to their story and and interested in what's going on. So. Uh, it's just another another point for me as to being confounded that it 's being cancelled because uh if they have the ability and to to uh, make me care about characters not only not just young heroes that seem to be second tier anyway, but characters that no one's ever even heard of, and make them interesting um, i don't I don't understand why we have to keep going back to another Batman well or another um, story we've already another show we've already seen um, over and over again. I'm not saying there should never be another Batman cartoon, but it just seems like for some reason they're just stuck in this loop where we get a little bit, and then we go right back to what we've already seen. Not that it's going to be exactly the same, and I'll probably watch it to see how it is. But, And, of course, I'm the same guy saying, let's have another Superman story. And, <laughs> and I also hear people saying, another animated Superman movie? Come on, there's so many other heroes you could do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I'm complaining I'm bo- on both sides, but um, I-, I like it. I've said it uh, many times and uh and and it continues to be good And this the runaways. Um I didn't know really any of those characters except for Blue Beetle. And oh what was interesting too is that uh, I was reminded and I don't know if he's the same guy. I don't know if it's if it's they're trying to um do a little homage to the old Super Friends uh show where Apache uh yep. Chief I think uh, is uh, if it's I don't know if it's the same character or if it's supposed to be a relative of that character but the way he he doesn't really grow into a giant um native american he he just kind of manifests mm-hmm. this big giant being around him and i i was it made me think of that character i'm not sure if that's what they were going for but i think it's they were sort of, that yeah, think, it seems I,
0: like yeah i got the same um vibe from the character i'm not sure if any of the other characters relate to any of the other super friends uh type uh of characters the uh, but uh definitely there's a sta a guy that's static shock in there and um uh so you know interesting to see them bring you know that character into uh the d c universe proper,
1: yeah. I'm enjoying it, and then the next one I guess we had uh, was uh, episode 15 of the current season uh, it was called War, mm-hmm. and it was uh, an episode that featured Mongol, who's uh, you know one of these one of these villains a lot of people don't know about, and a lot of people always say ah Superman doesn't have any cool villains you know it's Batman 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 he's got the the plethora of, of, of supervillains, and 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 Superman has Lex Luthor and that's it, um, and Mongol you know can really be a, a bad jamma if done in a, in a <laughs> In a correct way and I thought in this uh, in this episode you know where Mongol decides that since Reach has uh, kind of infiltrated the earth in such a major way that he's going to come down and he's going to uh, take advantage of that and um, take over or, or destroy the earth or whatever it is he's trying to do and, and a lot of things come to a head in this episode and Mongol in my opinion is voiced perfectly and is portrayed in such a way that you really go wow he's a tough he's a really tough guy
0: yeah I thought Warworld was well uh, performed too I thought uh, it was interesting that it was a you know uh, a a a mechanical you know asteroid of sorts that was a weapon and you know it could open up and fire all these things and uh it, you know had all these uh you know um uh, diamond shaped things within the you know that were um uh, sentries little drones so, little yeah, pods drones, yeah drones that's right yeah it and there was a threat within and without uh, with Warworld, and I thought Mongol was well handled, and it, uh, you know, was like a, a a triangular attack. You know, you got the the Reach, you've got Mongol, you've got Earth's Heroes, and uh, it was interesting because the Mongol forced the Reach to divulge that they actually do have all these ships, you know, mm. that have been underwater. Um, you were saying they only
1: had the one. That's and right. I, I was kind of surprised weaponized. no one called them out on that.
0: Yeah, and they that, that haven't. That's right. That was like episode fifteen, which is like three episodes ago and nobody's called them out on that where's this uh, Gordon Godfrey you know who's been uh, uh, vocally supporting uh, the reach and the fact that they're peaceful and you know and that they haven't been hiding anything and and here they are with all these weaponized ships that have been uh, under the ocean for all these all this time uh, where they've bold-faced lied to say they only had one and it didn't have any weapons
1: on it I also wonder how Aquaman doesn't know that those are there. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the same I, thing. Find myself kind of wondering, <laughs> what the hell is Aquaman doing if he's not finding out that those are out there? I don't know where he's at, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, other than these things, and I, there's always jokes, yeah. or, you know. A, when you have a, when you have a show that's set in a universe where there are hundreds of heroes, mm-hmm. and the majority of them are grown-up heroes. But the ones we're focusing on are the young ones. Yeah, you, you'll always—I mean, I constantly am brought back to the idea of where the hell is everybody else, and why don't they know that this is going on? Even in the, even in the Runaways, you know, at least in War we saw, you know, Captain Marvel and Fate was there, and there were other. Grown heroes that were doing things in yeah. in, in Runaways. It was this major battle going on right outside Star Labs with a giant robot and explosions, and the building was being and nobody came and no, not even police were there. The first people who show up after it's over is the press, and we still didn't. There was no police. There was no you know. I feel like that the army would be there. There would be military helicopters. There'd be tanks. There'd be cops. And there's never you know. And and I think that that's the problem inherent in a series where. Or even in a, even in a standalone book, mm. when a character get, gets killed, or when something goes on, when when you know that they're surrounded by hundreds of other heroes, and there's no real—they've tried to kind of explain it, and I like it um, that 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 Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Hawkgirl and Green Lantern are off planet right. being tried for their crimes. Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter as well, yeah. but that still leaves two hundred other heroes that are. <laughs> you know, what's Captain Adam doing? you know when these things are going on but um, you know you gotta get some of these things you gotta suspend disbelief and kind of get past it and say well they're all busy you know what Nightwing says Nightwing says to Blue Beetle you know uh, uh, Impulse is is out helping people in a hurricane or in a a storm Uh, he's saving people and he's out there with this other person so you're the only one available but that's only two people he mentioned so (laughs) I don't know where everybody else is but uh, I really enjoyed uh, both of those episodes
0: Yep, and then we moved into episode sixteen, which was titled "Complications," which uh, saw Sportsmaster and uh, and Cheshire uh, trying to well boarding uh, the 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 ship that uh, Magan is on, uh, trying to fix Aqualad, uh and um, you know there's that, that that whole thing going on there with them not, not realizing that um, what's her name is still alive there that they the sports master artemis is still alive and that she's you know uh tigress in disguise and it it was well played i thought uh they they really uh this story was well well
1: written this is something they continue to do on this series and i brought it up before with the last time we delved into this artemis storyline where she's undercover and nightwing knows about it and all this. if uh, they continue to kind of throw twists at you and surprises at you and they do these things where you think it's one thing and then the next instant robin or somebody announces that it's something else and then mm-hmm. we go to commercial and mm-hmm. it's so great it just keeps you for me it keeps me going wow like every time i it happens in almost every episode week in and week out there's another surprise there's another twist there's mm-hmm. another just cool thing that you go This is so cool I do have some issues with this particular episode Um, Sportsmaster Ugh I I, I realize that, it, as with every character on this show, they've tried to make everyone kind of formidable. They've tried to make everyone kind of serious, kind of deadly and well trained. Uh, but Sportsmaster, I mean, <laughs> he's fighting with a Black Manta and he's really winning. It seems to me. And then he takes on uh, uh, Slade yep. at the end, and and he kind of is winning against him too. And I just it just seems to me that he's kind of a goofball and that, uh, I don't know that he'd be able to hold his own against these, uh, you know, uh, major villains, black, black Manta is a major villain and, mm. and, and Deathstroke is, is, uh, is uh or a striker, you know, he's, he's such a deadly, you know, well-trained assassin, mm. uh, I don't know, you know, Sportsmaster. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, seems and odd to me.
0: the uh, The whole Blue Beetle angle was also interesting in this, and the fact that uh, Nightwing is, uh, you know, is on the on the scent, on the on the trail, and has kind of pieced together that there's something amiss here with uh, Blue Beetle and what's going on, what happ- what really happened with all the other Young Justice crew when uh, he turned on them.
1: Well it's a little bit um it's a little bit obvious isn't it when he when he uh when he accepts congratulations and walks up to the pulpit and says well, thank you thank you I did everything I was the only one involved like wouldn't you if you're trying to hide that uh, there's something going on wouldn't you go up and go no 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 I'm not the one you know the whole team did all this stuff and I came in at the end and you know uh but uh, you know I'm glad to be a part of it and you know we're trying to do you know but he doesn't even to pretend. He just, they go, he's <laughs> the hero who saved the earth single handedly. And he walks up and says, yes, that's me.
2: Now,
1: just, it seems like it kind of, uh, they're not even trying.
0: Well, I think at that point in time, I think uh, Nightwing had his suspicions. And it was like, it's almost like, uh, yeah, you know, we know the clues are there, but you know what? Here it is right in your face. And you were too slow to catch up on the fact that Blue Beetle, when you had him in your grasp, was not the person he thought he was.
1: Yeah, yeah, but well, well sure. But uh it's 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 interesting. And and you know me being kind of dubious of the, the Batman family always kind of taking center stage and being yeah. made to be the coolest, the ones that always know everything, that figure everything out, that can somehow participate in these massive firefights with super-powered beings, and they have their rope and they swing by and everything is fine. And I, I did really enjoy seeing, and I kind of knew where it was going to go, but I still relished in it anyway, Nightwing walking through the hangar there, and and I knew that we were going to see him... Um, and and you know being a comic book fan and knowing that he was trained by batman and and knowing that batman's supposed to be this great detective it was neat to see batman's off world but we have nightwing uh who's picking up that part of what batman does and that mm. part of what batman does for the league he's figuring this thing out and kind of being the detective and, and going in there um even though he he believed blue beetle and blue beetle kind of told him when he was there that he did what he did and, Nightwing's gonna go in and make sure that nothing's amiss, and uh, he of course finds out that there is. And yeah. I, so I, you know, I, I, I appreciated that, and I also like, even though we jumped ahead so far, I like that the voice is still there, and I like that it's still the Robin from the first season who mm-hmm. has gone on to become Nightwing. I think it's, uh, I think it's cool.
0: Now I haven't actually seen this next episode; I haven't been able to to grab it yet. But uh, episode seventeen was called "The Hunt," and uh, it sees Lex Luthor. Uh, creating a mission for these misfits, these uh, these uh, young heroes that uh, were in Star Labs.
1: It's another thing that I mentioned, you know, a year ago or two years ago, whenever it was, when we first talked about the light and that uh, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor was involved. And I I really love the way Lex Luthor is portrayed on this show. I could probably do with another voice, but the way he speaks is very. Um, determined and it's very set and it's very uh you know kind of planned out and he knows what he's doing and he's uh he's being manipulative without even letting them know that he's being manipulative which is perfect for lex luthor so i like the way he's written i like the way he looks i like the way he shows up places and walks out of his fancy car with mercy and i just think it's a great um a great portrayal of lex luthor and Mm -hmm. the fact that he's always behind the scenes involved in ways that people don't even know or suspect is again perfect. It's my it's my dream way that Lex Luthor would come to screen in live action, which which I'm hoping we get to someday, but we ha- but we haven't yet. um And and it's so subtle and yet here he is uh, putting his machinations into effect uh, again. And we saw this uh, four episodes ago, and this harkens back to what I said earlier. They set up things in this show mm. that that they are going to get to later, which is why I'm so sad that it's going to be ending because there are, there are so many things that I look forward to them setting up and getting to, and I'm not going to have that anymore, but this is another, however many episodes we're going to get four episodes later, we're getting back to, because there's so much going on and so many characters and so many plot lines. It takes that long now to get to from, from the end of runaways where he says he wants to help them and he wants to put them together and he wants to, you know, get them out of their, you know, uh, their bonds, and and he's going to be their savior. And now, of course, he's he's getting to them, and, and he's giving them a mission of their own, which of course is going to tie into something that he wants for himself. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, that is Young Justice. We've uh, we're not sure. I think, I think we've got a uh, maybe another half dozen episodes to go. We'll wait and see. Uh, just uh, as they release them, and we'll con- continue to discuss them here on the Radio KL podcast. Speaking of
1: Young Justice, before you move on, yeah. didn't, we, didn't we recently have the final uh, episode of the uh, comic book uh, come out? Or uh, That's right, issue number 25
0: on. of Young Justice. The comic book uh, was uh, released this uh, past week or so in February, and that uh, is sad again to see that uh, another part of Young Justice disappear. Uh, the guys had stories up their sleeve. Uh, the The Queen Bee story kind of... Uh, was left, uh, you know, up in the air. We don't know exactly what's going to happen there, or what would have happened there, but there was some, you know, machinations behind the scenes that were, were never uh, unraveled, and uh, sadly will never be now that yeah. uh, the comic book has ended.
1: Very strange. Very a whole just. A, I mean, I don't know. Just uh, we've said it all already, but it's yeah. just a very strange situation.
0: Yeah, disappointing. Now, uh, one comic book that is selling very well is the Injustice Gods Among Us. Uh, book the it's going digital chapters and then they're collected in uh, lots of three into a printed edition and I think it's issue number two I think is is out uh, let's just have a look here Injustice Gods Among Us number two print edition is out the week of February 27 so as you're listening to this uh, the, if you're buying print editions uh, issue number two is out uh, but uh, chapter seven in the digital chapters is uh, available now and that'll be the first part of issue number three in the print editions and it's selling like gangbusters, Uh, it's an alternate world, I know Scotty you haven't actually been catching up on this but uh, you know it's a story where uh, and not to spoil it for anybody if you uh, do want to read it then probably uh, move ahead uh, from this discussion but it's a story where Superman is uh, unable to find Lois, Uh, she's been kidnapped by the Joker and Harley Quinn and uh, Lois is pregnant. We find out Superman is ecstatic. He goes and tells Batman how happy he is that they're going to have a baby, and uh, the Joker does something that makes Superman believe that Lois is doomsday, and so he grabs Lois, thinking she's doomsday, and takes her into outer space and kills her and the baby by, obviously, lack of oxygen and is so distraught at the same time as that he's in space, uh, the Joker deton- detonates a nuclear bomb on Metropolis. Metropolis is destroyed. Millions of people are killed. And Superman is at his wits' end. And basically, is that enough?
1: Now, if you haven't been reading this story, maybe you've already moved beyond this point and you haven't heard everything that Steve just said. But everything that Steve just said... Doesn't it sound like a fantastic Superman story? (laughs) I mean, uh, oh, he's killing babies, he's destroying his (laughs) wife, he's taking human beings into space, and, of course, he's the bad guy, and Batman's got to come to everybody's rescue again. And uh, it just seems, aside from those fantastic plot points, um, we have another story where uh, we're, we're all going to be shown why Batman's awesome and why Superman's a jerk. And I just feel like that this story has been told over and over again, and it seems like something they keep going back to. And I talk to people every day that tell me how much more badass, if I'm allowed to say that, Batman is and superman and how in any fight batman would come out on top because he's trained and he knows how to fight and superman doesn't and all he has to do is lay kryptonite on him and his powers are all gone and he can't do anything and he'll just take him out um which we already know is absurd because he should just take the kryptonite out from a distance or fly in at mock speed and destroy whatever he wants to destroy and in this case since he is um to be the ultimate villain and has ultimate power and has the ability to do anything he wants the normal superman wouldn't fly in at super speed and destroy batman by ramming into him but this guy has no qualms you know or or many of these versions of this guy should have no qualms and therefore in my opinion should be undefeatable you know oftentimes superman's downfall is that he is kind of human at heart and he won't hurt people and he does hold back and he can be duped because he believes in the altruistic nature of everyone and he believes that everyone is 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 redeemable so a lot of times he gets tricked once and twice and three times because he he he's always looking for that redeemable quality in everybody but batman doesn't look for that so so batman's always on the other side of that he's always looking for the bad in everybody and he's always ready and he's always on the alert um so a lot of times superman's kind of superman kind of gets played off as being a doof because he always gets the same people kind of get him all the time or whatever but in this case um, since he has nothing else to lose and since he's tired of the world being the way it is there should be nothing that could stop him and I understand uh, the heroes are still the heroes and since he's going to be the villain we have to get to a point where he is stopped because that's I guess the ultimate uh, end of the story Um, but I just don't, don't see how it would come to be. Now I do I could see a version of Superman where if this happened he might be driven to make stronger rules. I remember a storyline in the comic books uh, several years ago, I'm oh, sure King you remember it, Steve. Mm. And uh, uh there was one, I don't know if it's the same, uh, with Dominus and uh, uh the army of mm-hmm. Superman and he had his robots yep. and uh he was he was made to believe certain things were a certain way and and uh he was under mind control and 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 so It's similar in that uh, Superman decided that enough was enough. These crimes have gone on too long. Criminals have been allowed to get away with too many things for too long. And it's also similar to the elite story where they just say, look, we're just going to kill people uh, because we're tired of these uh, mamsy, pamsy heroes coming in and locking them up over and over again. Then they come out and do bad things over and over again. So I can – I can understand the idea of the story, and i do i do plan on reading it, but uh you certainly don't make it easy
0: <laughs> well I haven't really sold it well uh, it, it actually is quite well written and it is quite uh shocking and uh it's it doesn't necessarily go where you think it's going uh it, it's going along those same lines, but it doesn't necessarily deliver the the uh the plot points where you think they will fall and so uh, Definitely give it a go. It's not number one on the uh, the list for no, for no reason. It, it's it's selling well because it's a well told told story.
1: Because Batman fans like to see Batman. Well, Batman beat up isn't Superman.
0: really even in it at this point in time. Batman really no. hasn't stood up. He isn't a major character in, at this point in time. Uh, it's Superman for the majority. Wonder Woman. Uh, there was an issue for Green Arrow and uh, and Harley Quinn. And uh, really, Batman hasn't shown his face too much. He's been in it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's not uh, necessarily a Batman story at this point in time. So wait and see where it goes. But it's definitely a Superman story uh, up at, up till this point.
1: No, I will take a look at it for sure.
0: OK, well, let's get into the Hell on Earth uh, saga that's taking place across the Supermo- Superman family of books. Superboy number 17 uh, saw Superboy attempt to destroy the Star Chamber and Hell pretty much pulled him apart from his very DNA and he's kind of holding himself together by will, by force of will, at this point in time
1: yeah i i, I mean i 'm really enjoying for the most part i 'm enjoying this <laughs> l on earth storyline <laughs> um i i there's a couple of things that are going on, and i 've mentioned this before, and I think that it's um since the days of the number triangles, and for those of you who don't remember, they, they had uh, they had the symbol, but instead of having the S in it, it would have a number and yeah. by following the numbers you would know the order that the story went in. So if it was if, if, if Superman was number one and then Supergirl was number two and action was number three and Superboy was number four, you would follow them and you would know what to read next. And even then they had some that were standalones or they'd have a, a nine that took place at a different time, and I think that was because of writer delays or whatever but but since that kind of went away it seems like back then everybody was kind of on the same page they had they had massive writer meetings where everybody from all the books would come together and they would plan everything out and they would know everything that was going on and it seems to me yeah and it seems to me here that even though they have a general outline and they know what's happening and what their part of the story is supposed to tell that sometimes they're not really completely on the same page. Mm. And and one of the things that comes to mind is that it seems like they still think it's necessary to keep having expository dialogue in these books because they, they, they must still think that, that some people are only reading one of the stories. Yeah. In other words in this particular book Superboy and I I can't imagine that anyone out there is only reading Superboy. If if anybody was going to only pick up one title it would probably be Superman. In which case if they if they picked up Superboy it would be because Superman told them to at the end, you know, as the story goes on. But mm. you know, they have this dialogue where Superboy you know, Cyborg re- recaps to Superman and the group that 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 the sun's going to be destroyed and it's going to destroy the whole universe and possibly the galaxy, which they already know. And then they all act surprised at the bottom of the... Oh, so what are we going to do? <laughs> but they, they they already know that. The only reason that it was told is because there might be some readers who don't know that, but yeah. that just seems absurd to me.
0: Well, I guess I've, I've always been of the opinion that... You know, and writers, I've heard them say, you never know which comic is somebody's first comic. And, you know, so I guess you have to, you know, you can't... you always got to deliver, uh, whether it's in the middle of a story or, you know, towards the end of the story, you've got to let people know where you are. Uh, so, that, of course, it might be the first comic they've picked up. It might be the first time that someone's ever read a comic. So I can understand that. I know where you're coming from, and I, I disagree that... Uh, I mean, I agree with you that, that it doesn't need to be uh, so obvious. Uh, it can be... You know, it could be an editor's box where they catch everybody up on what's going on. Um, But when the characters do it, it sometimes come across as being a bit silly.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. But uh, there's a good thing here. Finally, DC seems to have been willing to allow a writer to say that there was a situation where Batman knew that there wasn't much that he and Cyborg could do here (laughs) anyway. That was my favorite panel (laughs) in the entire book. And and I, I get people... People write me and I understand, why do you hate Batman so much? I really don't. I like all superheroes and I like a lot of things Batman says. A little later, I don't know if it's in this story or if it's in another, Superboy gets in his face and says, you let this happen. Your first plan almost got me killed. And Batman just says, you're fine. Let's move on. (laughs) And I I thought that was great. I laughed. I thought it was fine. There are lots of things that I like. Um, But I just don't like him being the be all end all. And I I don't I've never been a proponent of him being involved in these major on the ground Justice League missions. I think he should be a coordinator. He could be a planner. He could be a guy that finds out where they need to go and what's going on. Um, But him saying here that there's really nothing else he can do here was just so it was just it wasn't that I hate him. It was just a welcome breath of fresh air that I go I I just went finally for God's sake somebody (laughs) understands there's a giant beam going off there's this huge alien technology there there's this guy who almost tore Superboy in half and has destroyed Superman on numerous occasions has beat up Supergirl has gotten everybody and Batman's going to have something that he can do there it makes complete sense I know that a lot of fans are gonna say, "Well, Batman has things in his belt, and he's been trained, and he knows how to handle these situations, and he could outdo everybody." And but I just like the you know, and I know the other the other excuse is always, "This isn't real." Stop trying to say that in real life, blah blah blah. I know that, but there needs to be some sort of grounding in even the reality of what the book is, and the mm. reality of what the book is still says that Bruce Wayne is a guy who trained his body to be at the peak of human conditioning and that's it <laughs> and he's very smart okay but he still shouldn't be able to take on always aliens. be in, in situations and i know we've covered this before yeah but some of the writing in the book seems off too like they repeat phrases in the very next phrase that like he says soon Kara, we will soon begin our it just it takes you out of the story because it's hard to read in in terms of it doesn't it doesn't read right. It doesn't read, and I know that wasn't correct, grammar. It doesn't read well. It just does not, you know. Uh, yeah, but I know I don't what
0: you're saying. Know. Maybe it's his Kryptonian uh, way of speaking. I don't know, but uh, we next see in Supergirl number 17, uh, Supergirl versus Wonder Woman, and you can tell straight away by the cover that it's uh, going to be a Supergirl versus Wonder Woman fight. Uh, but it's well done. It, you know, It's Wonder Woman trying to reason with her, trying to you know, make her understand that hell has been lying to her, and and uh, it, it's handled pretty well. I thought this issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm really enjoying the story. I, I like how it wrapped up toward the end of Superboy, where Wonder Woman comes in and and kind of. St- I was wondering because at the end of of Superman sixteen, Superman said, "No, no, no, I'll take care of yes. L. You go off and save Superboy," and it seemed to take a long time for her to come <laughs> in and save Superboy. But you know, she finally comes in and. Right before she does, you know, uh, Supergirl's beating Superboy to a pulp and saying he's this killer and he's this horrible thing. And I was thinking the whole time, well, if he's the killer, why the heck are you beating the pulp out of him? And he's and he just laying And doesn't he? And then he says it. And I was, I was thinking, <laughs> that's, is it, okay, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's perfect. And, uh, you know, it was weird. And I don't know if it's because of um, this time thing that's going on. And I'm sure if it is a lot of... You know, a lot of fans are going to start getting excited. Uh But at the end of the book, Superboy, Wonder Woman had her blue boots on. But at the beginning of Supergirl and throughout Supergirl, she has red boots on. Mm. Is that is that an error in, in, in coloring Probably. or is it is it akin to Superman at the end of the book having his red pants and yellow belt on?
0: <laughs> Could be a Which... coloring issue.
1: I don't know because, well, certainly the red pants and the yellow belt are not a coloring issue because that had to be drawn there. And in the page right before, Superman's in the regular armor that's fully blue. And then the very, when, the very next page, when Hell punches him and he goes flying out in, out of the atmosphere, he has the red pants with a yellow belt. Maybe you know, it's, the pants uh, maybe, that are well, missing that everybody's maybe, yelling about.
0: Yeah, maybe it's, you know, the fact that Hell has this ability to change reality. I mean, we see in uh, the, the I think it's Action Comics number 17, that he's got the the reverse S scar on his chest and Supergirl sees it. And it's been something that we've been discussing about, is this thing there or isn't it there? Is it being drawn and sometimes it's not being drawn? It's obviously he's affecting reality or he's able to change reality in some ways because um, he does that to himself, to his appearance Perhaps he's, be able, he's able to do it to other people's appearance, or maybe the beam is having some type of temporal effect on Earth. I don't know. It's it's odd.
1: Well, that's what I was thinking, with the, especially with the red shorts. My first thought on the first page with Wonder Woman in red boots instead of blue was that it was a coloring error, and and maybe that one is, but certainly the shorts were drawn on there with a belt purposefully, and you got a yellow belt and red shorts clearly defined two separate sections where we now know there's only one section and it's all blue. Now you have three sections, the blue, the yellow, the red, which is the traditional coloring that's always been there and that everybody is missing. And I have nothing, generally nothing but praise for uh, Mahmoud Asran and uh, and uh, Dave McCraig uh, doing doing the the uh, coloring and the and the uh, penciling because this and uh, Superman as well. But this is just such, I mean, beautiful artwork. The splash title page with, with Wonder Woman and Supergirl, they both look fantastic. And then the end where Supergirl's tied up with the rope with the with this rope, you're going to take me with a rope, it looks it's just beautiful I mean it's some of the best art I've seen in comic books. I, I love it.
0: Now I did say Action Comic Seventeen, I obviously meant uh Superman number seventeen, which actually doesn't come out till uh February twenty seventh. So we will get to see the Superman versus Hell Uh, Fight in that. Uh, But uh, going away from the Hell on Earth storyline is Action Comics number 17, uh, which is uh, Grant Morrison's second to last story uh, or issue. And we see the death of Martha and Jonathan Kent in this. Uh, Once again, Sholly Fisher's backup story. Is the worth is worth the price of admission in its own? Uh, this guy needs to be given a regular monthly job on Superman books. Uh, he finds the heart in the story that Grant Morrison is telling, where Grant Morrison loses me with all his time shifting and back and forth. And uh, yes. it, it was it, it, I don't know. Grant Morrison just doesn't tell a linear story. I love time travel stories. Time travel stories are my favorite, but. Grant Morrison loses me in the way he jumps around so much and I'm never sure where I am or what is what. And uh, then you get the backup story with Sholly Fish that just finds the heart of the story, as I said, and really sells the issue. And then you come away thinking, gee, that was a great issue, when really it was Sholly Fish's backup story that was the reason you enjoyed it so much.
1: I almost wonder if somebody, uh, somebody at the table somewhere said, you know what we need to do? We need to put these stories at the end of these Morrison stories so that so that people come away with a positive feeling because he's telling a story. And when he gets there after 12 – it was originally 12 issues or whatever, 16 issues, then it was 18. When he gets to the end, we might understand kind of what happened. But until then, people are left scratching their head at the end of his stories. But if we add this little – sholly fish number at the end you know maybe people will be smiling a little bit or or feel uh, feel a little something Uh, i will say that every time i open up action i go all right so we're back to the five years ago superman or, or or now we're almost caught up to the current superman this could be an interesting story. It also seems like it's the it's the Superman, at least right now, at least so far, that's tied most into Clark Kent and most into his parents and living in Smallville and Lana, and and this is something that I think is missing. And I think that I could definitely finally agree with some of the people who are having trouble with the new Fifty Two. Um, obviously, coming out and saying ah, I don't like it with no pants on the outside of the costume, I'm not going to read it. It's silly, but. If you have tried it, if you have read it, and if you feel like there is a lack of connection to humanity, that the, missing John, the missing Jonathan and Martha being dead from the beginning, the, the missing really kind of a Clark Kent persona for the most part. He's been in a few stories here and there, but for the most part only in action, and even there kind of limited. So seeing him at the very beginning... And then hearing him say "ma" and "pa," and 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 seeing Jonathan and Martha saying and doing things and being involved, I think is is something that a lot of people, myself included, hope that even in the new Fifty Two, where his uh, his his home planet plays a larger role, maybe in the beginning than than it has in the past, and where he's wearing the armor to honor his parents, I think th- that we need to get back to some of what people miss, and that is that he did have these loving earth parents who kind of helped, f- you know, forge him into the person that, that he became.
0: Mm. And, uh, it, it was, uh, there were touching moments there, the whole, you know, Jonathan and Martha, their love for each other. their love for their son. Uh, you know, Grant Morrison handled, you know, especially the Martha part well in that. Uh, but it is the backup story with Sholly fish with the, the Jonathan talking to both the future, you know superman he's obviously his son you know older Clark, and then you know referring back that back to the younger Clark, and just how quickly he's able to cope with this strange development uh and still find you know the emotional attachment there uh is is just wonderful and um and I'm just hoping that uh Grant is able to uh bring it all together with issue number eighteen being his final issue. And make us, you know, connect all the dots for
1: us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it, see, I'm a little bothered because it seems like this Luthor and the big giant Luthor armor at the end is gonna be where we get to uh, Luthor being in his desert prison and having the scars on his face, and I, I hate that it's going in that direction simply because I think Luthor in a big round giant armor suit is silly and it's over the top and it's it's i don't know golden age or silver age and it's 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 goofy and 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 the new the luthor that is in that prison seems like the calculated um very intelligent um luthor that that i like you know other people may love luthor running around in a big giant round uh suit of armor but i just it seems like it comes out of nowhere and it seems very kind of silly, over the top, and and as I say, silver. No one kills Superman except Lex Luthor. And he comes out in the big giant uh, marshmallow man suit that's you know <laughs> made of metal. And I I I I hate when we do that. Um, but I I think it's I think it's interesting though that at this particular time we have this this hell storyline where he's trying to change time and go back and save his world or whatever. And we also have the Legion now trying to go back in time and stop something from happening that destroys them in the future because they kind of mirror each other in a way. Mm. They're both trying to change time, which is going to affect things that go on. Mm. Um, Any time, I mean, we don't know reality about time travel, but if you go back and you change anything, you have the opportunity to possibly cause certain people never to be born, you mm-hmm. know, certain cities never to be built, certain things never to happen. So, my my um question to people is isn't the Legion's plan the same as Hell's plan because even at the end of Supergirl 17, he says to her, what we're doing now is going to destroy them now, but then we're going to go back in time and save Krypton so Earth's still going to be here and everybody's still going to be around. And it's gonna unfold however it unfolds. So because when you go back if whatever you if you do something today and then you go back in time and change the thing that you did today, then that thing that you did isn't going to have happened anyway. And that's what the Legion is trying to do, so that you know their world doesn't get destroyed in the future, it just seems very similar to me. I'm not saying he's not um extreme,
2: hmm.
1: but it but it's interesting that on one hand the Legion is portrayed as the heroes and they're okay with what they're doing, and then on the other hand Hell is portrayed as a madman who is going to kill everyone on Earth, and, and, you know but he's only going to do it until he goes back and stops it from happening anyway
0: True, well we don't know if his plan will work uh, where he'll be destroying people regardless, where the Legion aren't trying to destroy people to make their thing work they're just trying to stop Superman from being killed uh, which results in their future, so uh, a little bit of a difference there, but I see where you're drawing the parallels. Yeah, no, I,
1: obviously. Like I said, he's <laughs> killing people. Um, but uh, it, it, he expects his plan to work, and yeah. it just so happens that the Earth needs to die right now because he needs that power of the sun yeah. in his mind. They're saying it's not going to work anyway. It's just going to kill everybody. But
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying. Now, as far as uh, other news around the comic books are concerned, uh, DC Comics has announced a couple of new... Uh, comic books involving Superman. Uh, the first of those uh, is called The Adventures of Superman. It's going to be a continuity-free standalone book, uh, which will be a, a digital-first series, which means they'll have stories sent uh, released digitally for three weeks in a row, and then on the fourth week, those three uh, weeks will be collected in a print edition, uh, and that will happen every month. Uh, it's supposedly having a number of different writers, different artists, uh, with short stories that are all standalone, continuity free. And I think it's a great concept. I think for, for fans who aren't into comic book reading or who don't like this to get bogged down into the continuity of the new 52, being able to pick up a, a comic book that has no ramifications on anything else, it's just a, a book that you can enjoy on its own, standalone, I think it's a great concept.
1: I do like the idea myself. When I heard about it, I thought it was kind of cool. And, I, and it also seems like to to a certain extent, as much as fans like to kind of stand up and say, uh, nobody in corporate cares about us. No one in the creative studios cares about us. They're just out for money. While true to a certain extent, I think that this, in one way or another, shows that they are kind of listening because it, it's kind of giving people that aren't fans of the new 52 or that wish – the classic Superman look and possible attitude was back um, it seems to be what they're going to give the fans that are looking for that with this new uh, Adventures of Superman series so I think maybe somebody is listening
0: yeah I think it's like I said I think it's a great concept um, it kind of harkens back to uh, you know the, the Silver Age time, kind of time where you could pick up a book and it would just be a standalone self-contained story uh, and uh, you could, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter when you picked it up. Uh, you would be able to to read it and enjoy it. And it doesn't, you don't have to. In where this day and age, you've got books that not only have an ongoing story within the title itself from month to month, but they sometimes cross over with other titles, and you've got to pick up the next chapter in a, another book, and and that can get a bit expensive sometimes, and it can get confusing for fans who aren't familiar with those characters or those titles where here we have a book that you can just enjoy solely on its own, um, and uh, we'll have a, a number of different creative people, artists and writers who haven't written Superman before or have written Superman before, and we get their different takes on it, and uh, I think it's a, a great concept and uh, definitely worth, worth picking up. But there has been a bit of controversy surrounding one of the writers' tasked no. to write stories for this series. Now, we've both... <laughs> Not controversy. No, (laughs) not controversy. Not with Superman, surely. No. Uh, We've both been pretty vocal in uh, other venues on your Great Scott videos and my newsletter about this issue. Uh, For those who maybe have been living under a rock for the last couple of months, uh, uh, what's the the controversy?
1: Well, the controversy is uh, that um, Orson uh, Scott Card is kind of an outspoken proponent to the... uh, the side of the argument that is against uh not only gay marriage but also the belief that uh be that homosexuality is some sort of um horrible thing and and that uh it shouldn't it, it shouldn't be allowed in society and that there's something wrong with people who are that way and that we need to cure them and that sort of thing um you can look it up on the on the uh, internet i've i've checked wikipedia myself he he's given many speeches and said many different things and uh he's uh, heavily religious
0: Uh, We just lost you there, Scott.
1: Uh, I I forget the the exact... uh,
0: Where did I go? Am I there? You're right. Yeah, yeah, I've got you now. I don't know where I cut out. On the word religious, you cut out.
1: Oh, no wonder somebody from above (laughs) is trying to get me. I'm being smitten. I'm being smote. I'm I'm being smited. Um, And why shouldn't I be? How dare I? Uh, Anyway, uh, uh, some type of uh, religious belief uh, makes him feel that it's necessary for him to come out and speak about these things. And uh, I realize that that on one side you you have people that say, well, isn't everybody entitled to their own opinion? And while, of course, that is true – I don't personally believe, and I, and I think that a lot of the outspoken fans who are saying he shouldn't have this job uh, also don't believe that that uh, your, your opinion should carry such weight when it is infringing upon the rights and freedoms of other people, mm-hmm. whether or not your excuse is religion or not. So I think that that's what the issue is, that's what the controversy is, and uh, I could certainly see how some people might be upset by that. But just as I said in my Great Scott segment, I think that— for me, I'm going to look at the story, uh, and he'll be a temporary writer until they bring someone else in. Um, as they move on, you know they're going to do standalone stories. So however many they give him, however many they give the next person, um, I'm going to read them. And if I like the story, I like the story. Uh, obviously, I think everybody involved is going to make sure that whoever comes on to write isn't going to come in and, and, and change what – Superman stands for, and that is freedom for everyone and and equality for everyone and and that sort of thing, so uh, as long as that doesn't happen and the story's good, I often don't really even pay attention to who's writing um, as I do with Morrison writing action I just can't get into it, I can't his writing just drives me up a wall so Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what his, uh, you know, political stance is or or how popular he is or how well he's written other things Um, if he writes this well I think um, this story is going to be what I'm reading for. I'm not reading because I agree or disagree with uh, what he believes in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, for those who don't know or are wondering why such a person would be writing Superman, uh, Austin Scott Card is just as well known for his science fiction writing. He wrote the novel uh, and uh, best-selling novel, award-winning novel called Ender's Game. I haven't read it. I haven't read any of his works. Never even heard of the bloke before this controversy. Um, So that's why he's being uh, touted to, to write some stories for this Adventures of Superman series. Uh, DC Comics have uh, obviously received quite a bit of uh, bad publicity and, uh, for, the, for hiring him to write some stories uh, for, especially for Superman, uh, considering his personal views and outspokenness about uh, his views on uh, homosexuality. And um, a lot of stores are planning to boycott the issues written by Orson Scott Card uh, that's well within their rights. A lot of fans are deciding they won't be buying it. Uh, and we we support their view, uh, just as we're happy for other people who have decided they will be buying and uh, reading the issues uh, and you know, are, are able to uh, you know separate what his personal views are and the stuff that he says outside of his writing. As you said, personally, I don't look at who's writing a story most of the time. I'm reading because it's Superman. And I get annoyed sometimes when... Uh, they bring in these so-called superstar writers uh, and they're more important supposedly towards uh, DC Comics than the actual character himself is. I read it for the character. I don't usually even check out who the writer or artist is until after I've read the book and think, well, I enjoyed that, or gee, that artwork looked good. Who was that? And I look back to see the name of the person, but it's not, my f- it's not foremost in my mind when I'm reading a book. It's about Superman for me.
1: No, and me as well and I often speak about it when we do the radio show or or occasionally on Great Scott or whatever uh simply because I'm uh, I'm astonished by a splash page or, or something looks so great that I just feel like I have to mention the artistic team, yeah. um, behind the book, uh, or if the story is just so wonderful, uh, you know, that I would mention the writer, but, or so horrible uh, in my opinion with Morrison. Um, <laughs> the, these are the times when I, when I, when I do notice the writing and also what you, what I feel like you get, and I don't think Orson Scott Card is a quote unquote celebrity writer. Although, uh, for those who don't know, Ender's game is being made into a film. I think it's coming out this summer. Uh, Harrison Ford is going to be in it, Um, uh, it's about, I believe it's about kids in space who are taken from their homes on earth uh, to become soldiers at a very young age in the mm-hmm. space army or the space Navy and Harrison Ford's kind of like their, uh, their drill sergeant or the guy who forces them to do what they have to do. And um, it sounds like an interesting film. And I read that it was coming out before I knew anything about uh, card and before I had heard all of this controversy. So I'm even interested in seeing the film, but uh, I don't think he's really a celebrity writer as far as like a, a Jim Lee as an artist or a no. Morrison, uh, you know, um, people get, they get them to try and to try and uh, induce sales because of the name, although I do wonder if and i 've heard other fans say this as well if if they didn 't um, have some input uh, or some idea into what this would spark and mm. the hope. You know, we talk about all they care about is money, the hope in the beginning that this would happen so that people would be interested and and that it would get more publicity than it might have. You know, I mean, would it really be on other news outlets? Would it really be talked about everywhere if there wasn't this attachment of controversy? I wonder if, you know, I wonder how how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, well, you know, there is that uh, that ideology of uh, any publicity is good publicity, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. How much will this boycott affect their sales? I don't know. Um, Will it bring more people in because they've heard about it and they want to see whether or not this guy is going to bring some of his sensibilities towards the character? I hope not. I don't think so. But, you know, it's I guess it's it's a bit of a juggling act, you know, between the people who will boycott and the people who will come on because of the media publicity. Uh, You know, I, I would hate to think that DC are playing that game. Because yeah,
1: I would. I, I'd hate that as well. Sure. And of a, course, it could hurt them. You know, it could exactly if, if if people really do and if, if certain outlets aren't going to sell it. Now, of course, it's digital, so it's going to be available online anyway, and that's probably where most of the sales are going to come from. And I'm sure that DC is hoping that just with the Smallville digital book and with the Batman one they did not too long ago, uh, it, it were so popular and sold so well that they expect the same here. And uh, I hope I hope that it is simply because I would like to see Superman just with Ma- as with Man of Steel, I'd like to see him ride again and and, and be the top guy and and be the one that uh, people like to read about and I'd like I like to see a lot of excitement unfortunately uh this particular excitement is in the negative vein Mm. but uh, again he's only going to be a temporary writer and as long as he doesn't bring those sensibilities to the character I think we're going to be okay
0: yep and just to clarify to everyone yes uh it's uh, coming out in the next few months I'm not not sure sure exact date but uh it'll be didn't I see April April, yes, yeah, that's right. Sometime in April, we will be getting uh, digital chapters first, available on all you know different consoles, um, iPad, iPod, what have you, uh, as well as then collected editions, collecting um, the three digital chapters into a print edition. So it will be available for digital and print uh, down the track. But I like this whole digital first concept. Uh, Injustice Gods yep. Among Us, as we spoke about earlier, has been going gangbusters in sales. Uh For digital first, and obviously that kind of translates then to the print editions for people who aren't buying comics digitally uh I think it's a great concept, so uh this whole digital first thing seems to be the way to go
1: absolutely and it would be it would be horrible to think. That that because of a specific writer being brought on for however many stories he's going to be on, that this ends up being a flop, and that we mm. see Superman once again suffer because of decisions made at the top or because of you know who they bring in as a writer. Although I will say that in America and in other places, the best way to vote for anyone is is, is with your wallet. And yeah. if you really feel like you can't uh, you can't stomach it, uh, I guess that's the way you have to go. And, and it will be unfortunate if that occurs, but hopefully not.
0: Yep. Now, the other comic book that I mentioned that they've announced is a new team-up with Batman, a Batman-Superman comic book series written uh, by written by Greg Pak, and uh, it's uh, got art by Jay Lee, as opposed to Jim Lee. Uh, and it's a new team-up book along the lines of the previous Superman-Batman book, uh, or World's Finest-type books. This is a new ongoing series that will see Superman and Batman at the early periods of their career, as in the you know action comics you know t-shirt, jeans, Superman and the early Batman uh, meeting each other for the first time.
1: And Greg Pak has, of course, come out and stated that he's against grasshoppers of any kind. He doesn't like the drink. He doesn't like the insect. He does not like the scooter that was out quite a while back. Grasshoppers, uh, he just won't stand for them.
0: Yeah, they're not equal to other grasshoppers. (laughs) <laughs>
1: exactly uh, I'm excited about six. this book as well um, because um, I, 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 uh, I, I thought that it was odd that the Batman Superman series got cancelled before um, so I'm glad that that they're bringing it back and it makes sense uh, it is uh, they are and have been in the past the top two guys uh, Batman and Superman and of mm-hmm. course Batman as we've all complained about for years uh, has been the kind of the number one guy at DC for quite a while and I think the best way and and this 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 probably bodes well for superman the best way to kind of uh bring the spotlight back to superman and and get him kind of uh, get other people interested in him is to team him up with batman as much as i hate to say that uh that that, that will help get uh, the uh plethora of batman readers the millions and billions um to join up with the couple hundred superman readers and, and maybe <laughs> we'll actually get a few billion superman readers
0: now uh before like i was a bit miffed that they called it batman superman uh but we did have superman batman previously and jeff jo- uh, Jeff Loeb was the original writer for that series and it was a well-received series so I guess it's only fair that this time around Batman gets first uh, top billing but uh and there is a world's finest comic book out at the moment that is totally separate to this it's got a, a, a super, uh uh you call it? a Power Girl uh Batgirl you know team up thing there uh in the new 52 continuity so uh it couldn't be named World's Finest so Batman Superman is what it will be called and there was a bit of con- not controversy, but a bit of fan um, uh, disappointment or, or confusion regards to how this would fit into what we already know and understand as being, you know, uh, seen in Justice League number one, where Batman said that he hadn't met Superman before. Uh, he said that to Green Lantern when they spoke about uh, the alien in Metropolis. And um, so, if they hadn't met then, which was five years down the track. Uh, after Action Comics number 1, then how is this possible for a Superman-Batman team-up book to be based in that time period before Justice League number 1, where the two characters have met up? Uh, But Greg Pack has said in interviews, uh, you know, it will make sense in the end. Uh, Doesn't sound like it will now, but it will make sense. There's a meeting that happens much earlier, and it's a fantastic time to tell that kind of story because these two guys are raw and young and rash and idealistic and passionate, and frankly dangerous. So uh, he's got a plan, he'll make it work, and we'll just have to wait and see how he uh, shoehorns that into uh, what we understand took place in the comics we've read so far.
1: Well, you know, Batman has always also been very secretive and, and, and alone yeah. kind of guy, and he may just not be willing to open up to Green Lantern at that point. It exactly. could be as simple as he's lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I agree with uh, with Pack in that um, they are both incredibly dangerous. Superman, you know, could destroy an entire galaxy by breathing the wrong way, whereas Batman could take out one or two guys, and it's extremely dangerous uh, either way.
0: So uh, it's an interesting concept, another exciting Writing book for you know it's always great to get an additional book involving Superman. So uh, look for the new Batman Superman uh, comic book uh, in the next few months, and uh, looking forward to seeing Greg Pak's writing uh, teamed up with Jay Lee's artwork. Uh, That's our uh, comic book discussions. Uh, What else in the world caught your attention this past
1: month? Well, you know, uh, a few months ago. Uh, Kia released these uh, Justice League themed cars yes. and Flash was there and Green Lantern was there and they had an Aquaman car for God's sake <laughs> um, and there was no Superman and I said what in the world is going on here uh, there was a Batman of course there's always a Batman uh, and now finally stand alone as it should be um, announced uh, a Superman car finally and uh, nobody else beside it just Superman and I uh, I only wish that I had the money to b- buy this car
0: yeah it was uh, unveiled at the Chicago Auto Show in February uh, the Superman inspired Optima hybrid by Kia oh. uh, it's got the Superman symbol on the on the bonnet it's got uh, red headlight type of things that make it look like he's you know heat vision uh the, you know it 's got even got a, a red type of back to the car uh to mimic his cape style um, and uh leather blue and black leather interior with the s symbol on the steering wheel on on the uh, on the sh- on the seats themselves and uh it's uh the uh another car as he said in the justice League um, series of cars that Kia are unveiling and there will be an eighth car that will involve all of the justice League characters. So the seven characters, individual cars, and an eighth one incorporating all seven characters of the current Justice League lineup.
1: Very nice. And I actually liked every single one of those cars that came out before. I I, I said to myself, if there isn't a Superman car, I would take any one of these or all of them. Mm. <laughs> They're all awesome. They have a cyborg car. And it has like you know robotic looking things in it, and it, it looks it looks like they all look like the characters are meant to look like and it's 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 a very neat thing now these aren't going to be for sale to the public it's no. not something you're going to see driving around by lots of people but i'm i'm sure somebody rich could get a hold of them if they really oh, wanted to i'm
0: sure i'm sure yeah great concept cars available or uh, released by kia to uh, as i said promote the uh the charity thing that uh, dc comics are doing to uh, uh highlight the you know the problems with starvation in in the horn of africa so great work there by Kia and DC Comics. Now, we did get a release date for another Young Justice property. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, released in March, we'd heard, or in the first quarter of 2013. But the Young Justice Legacy video game has now been given a release date of September 10th.
1: Coming from the news of the weird department, isn't it strange? Once again, I said this when this game was announced. Why not wait till the show's canceled before you bring out a video game about it? <laughs> and here we are. Uh, the show's canceled, and the game's not even going to be out until the last episode airs. It's uh, kind of ridiculous to me.
0: Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I can't think that uh, it's a Little Orbit. I think is the, the game publisher. I'm sure they're not very impressed with the fact that uh, the both the comic book series and the especially the TV series have been uh, cancelled uh, before their game even gets to hit the shelves. But it's, I guess, one way that fans of Young Justice can continue to enjoy this particular part of the, the universe, this version of the, the DC universe with the Young Justice characters via the Young Justice Legacy video game out September 10th.
1: I plan on enjoying it, so yes. I, I think you should, too.
2: Let's start with the big question.
1: And, and speaking of Young Justice, last month's big question, of course, was how do you feel about the cancellation of Young Justice? Yep. And the, uh,
0: uh, We had a, quite a few responses to this, so uh, let's get into them.
1: All right, Derek Stokely wrote in. Hi, Steve Scotty. I'm glad that Man of Steel is shaping up to be the potential hit of the summer, and hopefully it will start the DC Cinematic Universe with Justice League in 2015. As for Young Justice Invasion being canceled, it's just appalling. It's one of the best animated shows on television, and the animation is truly outstanding. The way it was handled by Cartoon Network is horrible. To make a long story short, I signed this petition on Facebook to keep the series on the air. We don't need Beware the Batman, another in the made make made-up Batman ongoing cartoon franchise, which has no interest to me at all. I hope we, the fans, will be able to save Young Justice from cancellation. I hope we can make our voices heard.
0: Thank you, Derek. Yes, there is a, a petition going around to try to save Young Justice. Not sure how much impact it will have but uh it's not
1: going to work but you should definitely go and sign it i i would (laughs) sign it if i knew about it and i'm going to sign it now that i do know about it but uh back on the nobody listens to us fans department i think uh i think what's done is done with this one
0: yep sadly now brandon whitmore writes in in a brief summary i was just as disappointed as anyone else who found themselves fond of the show i wasn't terribly crazy about a lot of the main focus shifting to jaime Reyes towards the end and will be rather upset if they don't tie up the larger arc of the story that has been playing out, if nothing else, the fans will deserve a DC animated movie to serve as a series finale to ensure the story is wrapped. Yeah, great idea, Brandon.
1: This is a good idea. And, and, and now more than ever, I think that that could be a possibility, being mm-hmm. that they're so uh, heavy into those DC animated features. Yeah. Our Argent L wrote in, Hi, Steve. Hi, Scotty. I am gabberflasted. At the cancellation of Young Justice, it was by far the best animated superhero team show I've ever seen. The only thing that would console me is if they are planning to use the mentor-pupil dynamic in the new Justice League movie. It would be great to see a live-action version, and you can't beat the cross-generational appeal. And that lovely conspiracy of villains could provide endless sequel possibilities. Oh well, probably too much to hope for. Cheers.
0: Thank you, Argent L. Um, I don't think we'll ever see Young Justice live-action film um, but um it's a nice nice pipe dream
1: sure it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> now ismail perez uh sent in his response and he wrote i was pretty angry about the cancellation of young justice and green lantern cartoon network has never really treated either show well there were too many breaks and those breaks were way too long once both shows stop airing i will stop watching cartoon network
1: oh so sad for the cn Uh, They're going to have other superhero shows, come on, Mm. Beware the Batman and, and another Teen Titans incarnation. Uh, Arnie H. wrote in uh, I tuned into the first episode of Young Justice But didn't like it I thought the sidekicks aspect was silly So I passed on the series After listening to Scotty's praises of the show I decided to give it another chance Thank you, in big giant letters Scotty, I love this show In my opinion, season 2 may be the best sci-fi action story on television I'm saddened to think it's being cancelled And shame on Cartoon Network P.S. regarding Scotty's opinion on Grant Morrison's run on Action Comics I agree.
0: Mm. Uh, you mentioned Arnie's uh, comments uh, earlier in the show. Uh, you weren't sure which who would sent that to you, but uh,
1: I did. Yes, and up I'm there, so I'm glad to know that uh, that uh, you, you you got into it. I, I think uh, I I think it's one of the best uh, written uh, cartoon shows that I've ever seen, and uh, I'm 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 glad you agree. See, the thing is, oftentimes people think we write these opinions ourselves, and, and this <laughs> is one of the ones I think I might hear that about. <laughs>
0: doesn't sound like you, Scotty.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We did get a very late response
0: uh, from Bob Moorhead, who wrote in to say, What do I think? Let's see. They're cancelling what may very well be the best-written superhero cartoon ever in favour of uh, teen titans telling fart jokes. What do I think of that? I'm too polite to say those words.
1: Well, well you I Carl. hope you're wrong there. I mean, I don't think I'm going to watch it anyway. But, I mean, maybe it'll turn out to be better than the original one. Have we seen what it looks like? I mean, I don't even know. Is it the I same animation? Yeah, Is I think it, it's uh,
0: that Teen Titan- Go Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go or whatever it was. I think it's just another season of that or a continuation of that. So, it's the anime type, you know, weird weird looking thing. But uh, we also got a response from Matt Apps. And Matt sent in an audio response to this big question, so let's hear what Matt had to say. G'day, day, Scotty. Matt Apps here. Um, how do I feel
2: about Young Justice being cancelled? Well, I'm not happy about it, but really, as long as they wrap up all the, the storylines, I've got to be happy that at least they put out two seasons of such a good show, because, well, two's better than none. So... Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but it it could have been worse. We could have never had Young Justice in the first place. And while i got the opportunity, I just
0: want to say I love the podcast, guys, and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Matt. Very well responded there, and thank you for sending in an audio response. Uh, We always appreciate those. Now we do have a new big question, and Scott, what is the new big question for this
1: month? The new big question is, where do you stand on the whole boycotting of the Adventures of Superman stories written by Orson Scott Card?
0: Mm, It's a uh, controversially charged issue. Uh, A question that uh, we may regret, but uh, (laughs) it's one that we're asking nevertheless. (laughs) So get involved with the big question segment of this podcast and let us know where you stand on this whole issue of boycotting. The story is written by Austin Scott Card for the upcoming Adventures of Superman series. You can do that by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage. Or you can uh, send that in. We will read that response out in our next podcast. Or you can do like Matt did and send in an audio response as an MP3 file. And we will play that on our next Radio KAL podcast.
1: Or just for fun, you can call your local news station or radio station and just answer the question for them, and they'll wonder what the hell you're talking about.
0: Yeah, tell them your response to the big question. I'm sure they'll be happy to receive it.
1: Absolutely. Do it as a prank. See how it goes.
0: (laughs) All right, the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the Young Justice animated series. Surprise, surprise, one of our favourites. And five people guessed it correctly. Who were they, Scott?
1: George Amaru, Fred Walsh, Deem Siesla, Matthew Apps, and Ishmael Perez.
0: Yes, congratulations to those five people for there guessing it correctly. There was much rejoicing. Yay. Much rejoicing, yes. And uh, they are fantastic people in our eyes. And you too could be with those people if you can guess where in the world of Superman this sound comes from.
2: They all wanted a piece of me, pa. They all wanted a piece.
0: Hmm, it's an interesting one. It was sent in by Chris G. Thank you, Chris, for your suggestion. Uh, Anything that takes new... away
1: work Steve has to do is great. <laughs> so thanks for sending that in, Chris. Yeah,
0: exactly. Saves me looking for one. So thank you, Chris. Uh, if you think you know what the secret soundbite is that Chris sent in, you can use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage to let us know your answer. Everyone who guesses it right will have their name read out in our next Radio KAL podcast. So see if you can guess it.
1: Hmm. Ah, the Superman song of the month. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. And uh this month of course we have a very very uh uh kind of vague one that no one's really heard of. It's it's very strange, but it's it's called um I think it's uh, is it is that Can You Read My Mind? Is that is that how you yeah, say that? I'm I've, not Yeah, it's, I, I think it's pronounced like that. Yes, it's Can You Read My Mind by Maureen McGovern. Yes. Now this song is
0: obviously very popular from well, everyone knows it from Superman the movie. But in that case, it was spoken by, um, by Lois Lane in the movie. And um, it, uh, this is the song that she wrote for Superman the movie. Uh, this is her version singing the song. You'll, it'll be familiar to you, but it'll also be new to you because I don't think many people have heard Maureen McGovern's version of Can You Read My Mind? So check it out. And if you want to check out more about Maureen, her website is maureenmcgovern.com. Imagine that. Uh, So here is her song, Can You Read My Mind?
2: don't know who you are, just a friend from another star, here I am, like a kid out of school, holding hands with a gun, I'm a fool, will you look at me, quivering, like a little girl, shivering. You can see right through me Can you read my mind? Can you picture the things I'm thinking of?
0: some some of your voice some to hear your version
1: oh well you know I, I i try to hold back a little if i can um you're
0: too shy i could
1: do i could do it like margot kidder <laughs> if you really want me to <laughs> <clears throat> i remember that song playing when i was a young boy uh it was a song that played on the radio during that time and uh oh. uh so it's 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 kind of nostalgic to me uh to hear it and it's um, it's still cheesy, but better, I think, than the uh, than the whole scene that goes on in Superman the movie, at least for my money.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's our show for this month. Uh, remember, if you have any suggestions for topics you think Scotty and I didn't need to discuss, or you think that there is a song that you would like to uh, request, maybe there's a big question you'd like us to ask, or maybe there's a super-secret soundbite you'd like to suggest, just like Chris G did in this month's show, all those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. Alternatively, you can email us. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com or you can reach Scotty via scotty at supermanhomepage.com and we will try to use your suggestion in a future show. But for now, this is it.
1: Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. And remember, everyone... Can you read my mind?
0: You've been listening to the Radio KL podcast brought to you by Supermanhomepage dot
2: com.